0: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great articles, videos, podcasts, interviews, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at Hit that Line. Com. I'm going to be joined by Pat Bradley, former Razorback basketball player and current SEC network analyst here in just a little bit on the podcast. we will also getting into the NCAA tournament talk with him, but I do have to start again with the Razorback basketball team because listen, I know that some of you are probably tired of hearing about it, but it seems like there are situations developing as we speak. Even after I recorded this podcast or after I record this podcast, I'm going to have a Uh, A few other conversations with people that I presume are in the know. And I will keep you updated on this podcast as soon as I know something. But I'm telling you, there's something on the horizon here. I don't know what exactly, but something's on the horizon. And from what I understand, just in in the latest development with the whole Razorback basketball program, is we know that Daniel Gafford's left. He's no longer going to be a part of the team. He's not going to the NIT. And from what I also understand, is that Reggie Cheney was having to be basically begged, begged to come to Providence for the NIT. From what I understand, he's gone, unless something changes. In fact, it's a very precarious situation, because I know of a few other players, or at least a couple of other players, I don't know their names, but just coming from what people have been discussing, that they are throwing around the idea of transferring if there's not some sort of major change made in the uh, staff so this is where it gets dicey it was already on life support as far as the program in general but now we're talking about legitimate problems going on inside the program and it really starts to make you scratch your head and wonder okay so what's the next step here what's going to happen because you can't just go on status quo if you're Mike Anderson in the University of Arkansas, you can't have Daniel Gafford leave, then two or three other players leave with no recruits coming in and just expect everything to be hunky-dory and everyone to be pumped up and excited about it. You can't have that. So something's going to have to give here in the coming days, and it's pretty listen it's not exciting I don't think at least from the perspective of Razorback fans because there's a lot of unknowingness and there's a lot of drama and drama is very seldom exciting for a fan base regardless of the team that you watch but there is a lot of intrigue and especially for someone like me who covers the team and talks about the team does a radio show on the team and obviously gets all of your thoughts and opinions on the team itself it's always fascinating to me to see exactly how these things play out Of course, recently we saw it with Brett Bielema, and I think that we all knew that the writing was on the wall. We all saw that it it was a team that it was just floundering. They didn't buy in. They didn't care. No one cared. You could see the writings on the wall, and as soon as Brett Bielema was fired, it was almost like this burden was lifted from everyone's shoulders. Even though they had no idea who the next coach was going to be, it was just like there was this new rejuvenation of excitement of, who can we get now? Who are we going to get now? Which direction are we going to go? How are you feeling, Hunter, Hunter you're a check? How are you feeling, man? What are you going to do here? And if that ends up happening with Mike Anderson, which I'm not completely ruling it out, folks. I mean, this is this is legitimate. This, just from what I've been hearing, there's no bets off the table. If Mike Anderson is let go after the season finally comes to an end, There are a lot of people in the administration that feel strongly about their candidates, that feel strongly about the direction that they can go. And honestly, from what I understand, Mike Anderson is not exactly going to be surprised if it ends up happening. This is just one of these situations where it's really tough to get a gauge on where everyone's at. I'm not going to pretend to any of you that I have some deep inside knowledge of the university. All right, I'm not going to pretend to any of you because I think that's stupid. I think it's stupid when other media members do it, too. If I have information, I do pass it along, though. If there is some speculation, I do pass it along, at least in the regards of where there's smoke, there's fire. And as of right now, Razorback fans, there's a lot of smoke. And, just, and it's just the little subtle things, too. Like I actually had somebody bring this up to me, and it's as stupid as it sounds, but it is kind of interesting that if you even go onto Hunter Juracek's Twitter account, he congratulated the women's basketball team on making it to the NIT. He congratulated the baseball teams. He congratulated the softball teams. He congratulated the teams all across the board. But you know which team he did not congratulate? The Razorback basketball team for making it into the NIT. Not a peep. Not a word. And so a lot of people are wondering if these little small, subtle things ends up being the realistic thing of, oh man, could could this be it? Could this be the final straw. Could this be the end of Mike Anderson at Arkansas? And it just went from zero to 60 in this situation. And there's still some of you out there, because I know I did my radio show this morning. There's still some of you out there that believe that Mike Anderson is the right man for the job. I don't know how you can truly believe that. I don't know how you can put that together and make sense out of all of it. But hey, that's what you believe. You're entitled to your opinion. I think it's stupid, but you're entitled to it. But right now, folks, it just from what I've been hearing from all of you, You're all done with it, and I'm getting to the point where even I'm done with it. I'm kind of looking, seeing, all right, what kind of change can we get here, all right? What can we see? Can we get a different coach in here that can actually bring in some sort of excitement to Razorback fans, that can bring in a new style, a new fresh face? Because right now, it's at the point where that's what you want more than anything. You know what it reminds me of, in in a way, it reminds me of the quarterback situation for Razorback football. After last year, you had Ty Story and you had Cole Kelly in it. But at the end of the year, with all these possible transfers going on, that maybe these possible guys like a Kelly Bryan or whoever that was possibly going to come into your school, you, were, you, just, you didn't care who it was. You just wanted somebody different. As long as it wasn't Ty Story or Cole Kelly, you were at least going to be a little bit optimistic because you knew how bad it was. And it was the same thing right now going on with the current state of Mike Anderson and the Razorback basketball team. You don't know who's going to be a realistic option. You don't know for sure who you're going to get. You don't know any of these things. But what you do know is that you're tired of seeing the same, and you want to change, and you want to mix it up. And who knows, folks, maybe, just maybe, that slight mix-up, that slight change, maybe an upgrade at the position, will get you back on board, will get you back confident again, and will get you back believing that the Razorback basketball program can be made great again. But right now, it's all quiet on the Western front. But if anything's going to happen, I feel like Arkansas is going to lose tonight to Providence. But if anything does happen, look for it to happen tomorrow afternoon. Hey, did you know you can fill out a tourney bracket as DraftKings this year? That's right. DraftKings, the leader of daily fantasy sports, has made a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney, so you might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. You know how brackets work. Before tip-off of the first game of the tournament, you just pick the winner of every game and every round. That's all there is to it. And the best part is you can play for free with the code SWISH. That's right. Yesterday it was a different code, but today it is SWISH. Very simple. If you don't know how to spell that, I got no hope for you. But you can even set up a private group for you and your friends to compete for bragging rights. So download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code SWISH to enter in the bracket battle promotion and free compete. For your share of $64,000. That's code SWISH to enter in the bracket battle for free. Only at DraftKings, the game inside the game.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast
0: as we welcome in pat bradley former razorback basketball player and current sec network basketball analyst as well as the shoot up pat it's the best time of year man ncaa tournament march madness is here i mean how great is this time of year man Ah, buddy it's the
1: best how many brackets did you guys fill out already
0: well, I've only filled out two different ones so far, but I, I have a lot more to go. So it, it's going to Is gonna that be... in
1: pencil or is that in pen?
0: <laughs> well, I won't. I won't answer that one. Maybe some of them will be all in right. pencil. Maybe some of them will be in pen. So well, it'll be a lot of fun, though, man. And
1: Well, you know it, it's not only. I got some people I know who do the NCAA tournament, the NIT, the WNIT, <laughs> the women's tournament. They do them all. The CBI. I.T.
0: to name it, I want to be in it. <laughs> well, hey, I'm all about tournaments. I'm all about brackets, and let's just start right there with the NCAA tournament. You know, the SEC, seven teams in the NCAA tournament. It's amazing how far this conference has come from just a few years ago, where they only got two, maybe three teams into the tournament. They've really elevated their game. There were a couple of teams that felt like they could have at least had a chance to get in, like an Alabama, maybe even an Arkansas, but. What did you make of the SEC this year and just the great performance, not only that they had to get into the tournament, but some of these teams have a legit chance of making the Final Four?
1: Yeah, I think that's what was different from last year, where there was eight teams from the SEC, but none of the teams really were able to, not Not only did they, none of them make a deep run in the tournament, um, but you just didn't feel like any of them had a chance to get to a Final Four, even, Um You know, even Kentucky, uh, just what you you just didn't look at them like that. But this year, with Tennessee clearly, you know, being at number one for four weeks, uh, Kentucky, um, has a chance for final four and outside shot. uh, You know, I don't know what kind of mentality LSU has, but they've got the talent. And when you think about teams that can make final four runs, the last year, Loyola, Mm-hmm. Two was it two or three years ago, South Carolina, yep, you know comes in at I don't know if they were like a seven c or whatever they were when when they got when they made their run, so you know it's it's not far fetched to think that l s u or Mississippi state can make that type of a run because both of those teams, although can be inconsistent what what they do have though is they have great guard play. Both Mississippi State and LSU. They have teams that can shoot it, can get hot from the outside. And then the other thing, both of those teams have that, you know, just it's just something that, you know, you got to get in recruiting is they've got athletes that are big, athletic, can block shots, can rebound with anybody, get offensive rebound. So when you add up like Mississippi State and LSU, all those types of things they have. I mean, they get a recipe to go to Final Four. Now, it's a, in a one done situation, you know, I mean, as talented as Duke is, they, they, they match up, you know, if they play a team that gets hot from three, and, um, you know, they're, Duke's shooting 30% from the three-point line. Uh, they get a team that can maybe battle them, give them some kind of resistance in the paint. Uh, anything can happen in a one and done type tournament, especially one that's over three weeks. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to be playing good basketball, a couple of weeks, you just can't get hot for four days in a row, uh, like maybe Auburn in the SEC tournament.
0: Well, Pat, one something that we've also been discussing is just about how since the SEC has elevated their game, a lot of it has to do with just getting some coaches in at some of these programs. It's really elevated it too. There's a lot to choose from, so just looking at it from the conference perspective, which coach do you think has done the best coaching job this year in the SEC?
1: Uh well, Kermit Davis got the Coach of the Year. Um. And I probably would have given him my vote um, because my vote isn't officially counted, but we were, you know, talking on, on, on SEC now show and Kermit Davis was, you know, ranking. He was right up there as for me one, you know, and then you look at Rick Barnes and Calipari right under him. And I thought Frank Martin, given what they uh, they had a lot of turnover, and Frank Martin had to do a good job in the non-conference, of tweaking some things, moving some guys around, bringing some guys off the bench, and then he ends up finishing fourth in the SEC, uh, fourth-best spot in the SEC. So I think Kermit Davis, just because first-year coach, the the, the advantages of being a first-year coach is that those, you have those players' undivided attention. Mm-hmm. You're a new voice They are going to listen to you, but the challenge is you need to have uh, your best guys buy into what you're selling. And so credit Ole Miss, uh, a few of their players on their roster, the most talented players, bought into what Kermit Davis was doing early on, uh, and there was still some talent on that roster. So it's a combination, uh, and Kermit Davis has been around so long, he understands the challenges. And so I think if you look at Given what their expectations were, you gotta you gotta go with Kermit Davis. Um, now, if you if you go on overall, Tennessee, Kentucky, I mean, you know, even Calipari, I never would bash with Cal, but you know, they, it's not easy to try to get all those guys who have individual goals in mind to be on the same page, and he was able to do it.
0: Speaking with Pat Bradley, former Razorback basketball player and current SEC Network analyst here on the Morning Rush. Pat, let's switch it over to Arkansas a little bit. The big decision that was made yesterday was Daniel Gafford not only foregoing his junior and senior years at Arkansas, but also not even playing in the NIT. Now, there's been a lot of opinions on this. What did you make by the decision of Daniel Gafford to not play in postseason play? And is that something that you feel like is best for him?
1: Uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I, I mean, at the end of at, at, when I look at the NIT and when we were talking about the hogs being in the NIT, like, there are some programs who they win an NIT championship, and that is such a huge thing for a program. But at Arkansas, the, the NIT is, is, and we know the truth. I, I had to play in the NIT in '97, okay? Mm. And what, what it's used for is exactly what Arkansas is built right now, freshmen and sophomores. So this is a great opportunity, not for the current, well, for the current team, but for the guys that are coming back next year. Because, and Daniel Gafford is not one of those guys. So the guys who need to play in the NIT are going to play in the NIT. The guy who doesn't need to play in the NIT isn't playing in the NIT. So from that standpoint, like, you know who needs the NIT? Jalen Harris. Uh, uh, Reggie Cheney, Gabe they they those guys need it Mason Jones needs to play in it. Isaiah Joe even as great as he's been he's gonna benefit from going up to Providence today in a in a different environment and accepting a new role because that's part of it too It's like okay this is going to be our team next year. So if there if the MIT was built for any team, it's this freshman and sophomore hog team and then of course you know you get Adrian Bailey and, and Gabe Osaborian, uh, who are going to be, I know it's eight, eight, eight years, a uh, uh, senior, so that would be a nice thing. Don't get me wrong now. We, we went to the final for NIT mm-hmm. in Madison Square Garden, New York City. Wonderful experience. Wonderful experience. But, you know, I get it. I mean, we're playing for national championships in the NCAA tournament, but you can't just throw away everything that can be used to your advantage. And like I said, I mean Daniel Gafford, does he does? I, mean, I understand people say start what they finish. Well, I mean nobody starts the season thinking about an NIT championship. So <laughs> I mean, don't give me that crap. Like, oh, this kid's blocking on his team. You got to start. You got to finish the season. You started. I mean, no, it's different. It, it, it's it's not the same. It's just not the same. And anybody who tries to look at it as the same is just fooling themselves because. It, you know everything. I, I don't. Coach Anderson understands. You think Coach Anderson's trying to say, "Oh, come on, Daniel, you got to stick around, man. We're going to make a run. It's NIT." Now, Coach Anderson understands at this point in the season, he's getting guys ready for next season. Uh, you're trying to win every game you play. Like they want to win tonight against Providence. They want to win that NIT championship because that's what you just get. That competitive spirit. You get the competitive nature. You want to win at everything you do. So. Uh, But big picture, it's not about Daniel Gafford right
0: now. Well, Pat, and that comes into question as far as what Razorback fans and they feel about the basketball program right now. Like you said, nobody's really excited about going to the NIT. It is postseason play. But Razorback fans right now are looking at the situation where they're losing their best player in Daniel Gafford. They don't really have any big-time recruits as of right now coming in next season. And a lot of Razorback fans are concerned about the season and the season after that. As far as getting back to the NCAA tournament, so what's it going to take? What does Arkansas need to do? Mike Anderson need to do to make sure that they are a better team next year and the year after that to get back on track and making it into the NCAA tournament.
1: Well, there's there's, there's only one thing that that will help um, these guys, and you know it's it's minutes, it's experience. You know, we just got to talking about two two head coaches, but one of them was picked 14th in the league right now that. They're in the NCAA tournament as a, what, what's all Miss an AC? That's right. The other one, Tennessee, was picked last year, I don't know, 10th in the league maybe, mm-hmm. and they ended up being co-champs of the league. And the one thing those, those guys have in common is they don't have any high recruits, none of them. So now if you told me, Isaiah Joe, like – Going in, like right now, Isaiah Joe looks like a five star All uh, uh McDonald's All American. Like, if, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, my point is sometimes you look at the stars next to the guy's name and, and you know, you're like, ah, this is going to be disappointing. But then you look at some of these five stars that some of the even Kentucky gets and they don't do nothing. They play like, you know, they play like crap. So, I think and Mason Jones was a huge surprise. I mean, if you felt like, just thinking of him and his journey in basketball, Mason Jones—that was a kid who was under recruited, had to find a different path. You know, his brother goes to Duke. This kid has to, you know, get into shape. And and I, I you know, I, he's a high IQ basketball guy. So you just never know. Um, but I do know one thing. I do know one thing. What I saw from the team this year is what you want to see from a young team. They fought every game. There were clearly games that they were outmatched. Tennessee, Kentucky, even though that they battled Kentucky, I mean, you could see there's a difference there. But now, I mean, you give those guys another year under their belt from this year of, of playing all those games, and, and, and they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a lot different. Um, next year, and I'm sure. I don't know. I think. What do we get? A couple of guys. How in, we get a fit? What is it? Just one or two scholarships that we'll be able to. Because we that kid, one kid transferred, right?
0: Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Phillips, Jordan Phillips, yeah, ended up transferring. So yeah, scholarships are going to be pretty limited.
1: Yeah, so you know what? You, and the good thing is, guys, the other advantage is everybody's going to understand their role, so you don't have to spend like Coach Anderson had to spend. October, November, December, figuring out which guys play what roles on your basketball team, uh, which is challenge in any team, and uh, you know, and then and then you hit conference play in January, and guys are still trying to figure out their roles. Now they come in next season already knowing what Coach Anderson expects, and 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 they know what to expect from each other. So that's a huge advantage too. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
0: We well, appreciate everybody listening into to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.